Jason Wilby. I'm not in a mood for drama tonight, Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. There we go. Presented by Coors Light. Pumpkin Patch aficionado joining the show. Oh, yeah. I would like to hear Jason's take on this. Primetime Warshine behind the glass at the Everlight Solar Studio told me that Jason, not a fan of my takes. Matt Hamilton masked up and back because he is a, a grinder and a good teammate. So he's yeah. here uh, in spirit and physically because when Jason Wildey's in the house, that means Matt Hamilton's got to be here. Jason, how's it going? What the hell is wrong with you, man? What do you mean? So, all right. Uh, you, first of all, yeah. you're a great dad. Yeah. So let's let's not play the role of wh- whatever this character is. <laughs> Secondly, uh, at what age, Mister? I'm not going to waste my money on a pumpkin patch or an apple orchard. Yeah. Would you consider the appropriate age, having learned from your incredible money wasting mistakes, of yeah. going to pumpkin patches? and apple orchards when your kids wouldn't remember it, at what age would you argue is the appropriate time to begin the orchard pumpkin patch process? Well, a couple things here. Orchards, I'm pro-orchard as long as they don't charge me for the privilege of picking the apples. I will pay for the apples. Just don't pay, don't charge me to go yeah, pick I don't, them. What, what pumpkin patch are you going to? You pay... And then you pick your pumpkin. You're paying for the pumpkin. Oh, no. See, around so, like, here, I, I guess I can't. I don't want to name them, but literally everyone in the area, they have a billion activities. And so you spend yeah. days, you spend the whole day there, and then you also pick a pumpkin. See, so that thing- one's different. Like, you can go to the patches that don't charge you to pick the pumpkin. I don't and even then know what those the, are. All the fun? Well, now you know somebody. You know but, somebody. But, so, Jason, I would say, like, four or five. I, honestly, it's, it's, it's the idea that some of these places are charging kids full freight at, like, two. And I just, it, it bothers me at some point. Uh, we live near one, so I end up there more than I want because, like, I'm going to do what the kids want, but it's like, God, we're just pumping money into this place we've been to a bunch of times to feed the same dang animals and look at the, <laughs> the same thing over and over again. And so I try to talk the kids into doing, like, we can go hiking, we can go kayaking, we can do all these great things in Madison, all these parks for free. Why do I got to pump money into this farm all the time? That's all. Because it's, it, it's the... First of all, when you're two, you're right. You don't remember then when you're 37. God, remember that pumpkin patch mom and dad took us to right. when we were three and two? But in the moment, they, they they very much are creatures that can enjoy the moment and be excited about petting a goat and pick and walking around the pumpkin patch and you know getting lost and thinking their parents abandoned them in the corn maze. All those kind of great moments. They can enjoy those in the moment. It doesn't matter if they remember it 10 years from now. I, like, I agree, but and, I, I and could secondly, take the kids to the zoo for free here in like, Madison. There's goats there. But, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. Does your wife Does your wife not want pictures of these things? Look, these we, we t- look Jason, I am thing. at a minimum of two pumpkin patches per year for, I would say, the last 10 years at least. So, like, oh, we do them. Hardship. We do them. I know. We do them. But it, it, it's like Groundhog's Day. It's the same experience over and over again. But the kids have fun. 
I put a smile on. I don't have to watch the Bears, which is positive. Then I'm just picking Sundays to go now. Uh, so it's like, look, let's oh. just do that because I don't want to. I don't want. I don't even want cell service. I don't even want to know what's <laughs> happening. So like, just keep me out of the loop on it. Uh, but yeah, no, Jason. Obviously, it's a little bit of a shtick, but like, you know, I, I, it all started with like. There's a lot of things I'm going to miss when the kids are little, but pumpkin patches I think aren't going to be it. Like that's just not going to be like, oh god, remember when we used to go to the pumpkin patch multiple times a year? Oh, that was sweet. That that I don't think that one will be on the list. I, I just I'm a little I'm a little worried about it because <laughs> I've I've been listening to most of the show. Yeah, and and if I heard correctly, uh, there was a discussion of of uh, Patrick Mahomes's allegedly criminal brother. Yes, uh, you called. Hamilton, the Jeffrey Dahmer of pumpkins. Did I hear that correctly? <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah, he did call me that. Yeah, he just um, wants to take some pictures. I mean, yeah, you've, you've lost. Yes, you've lost. You know, you're caressing your pumpkins. Wollersheim's uh, buying his pumpkin dinner. Hey now. <laughs> I mean, you guys. This is. Uh, it's been. It's been a ride, man. And then to top it all off, the one guy that I have been so respectful and impressed by, by his year after year <laughs> after year of enduring Bears fandom, yeah. has now essentially announced himself to be a free agent. And that he's signing with the Chiefs. Yeah. Hey, way to go. You're signing with the reigning Super Bowl champs. Hey, way to really join the team that's tough to follow. Now, I, I've shared this. Look, I'm not proud of it. I just, I need mental, Jason, you can appreciate this. I just need a mental health break. I can't. Their defensive coordinator is apparently awful, and they've ruined another quarterback. And this whole year is just waiting for the axe to fall on these coaches. Like it's, li- I, it's either these two choices. Jason. They just had like a hundred thousand dollars in equipment stolen right. from their stadium. That was, tech- that was technically the city of Chicago's property, not the Bears. But anyways, <laughs> I want to take that small win. But Jason, I had two ways to look at this. I can either be a hater and just root against whoever the Packers play, or like root for whoever the Packers play and root against the Packers every week, or I can just say, you know what. The Bears are dead this year. They've done this to themselves. I'm just going to look for the Chiefs. But partially it's because I think you know, uh, we might have a mutual friend. My college roommate, who I still stay in contact with, uh, is Kale Kirby, who works for the Chiefs. He reached out to me like two weeks ago saying, hey, if you're going to be up at the game, I can hook you up with some gear. And that got me thinking. I've, I wanted the Bears to draft Mahomes. I've liked this team. Melvin Gordon was on the team. Jay Valai was on the team. I've heard nothing but great things about them. So, yes, it's easy to root for them because they're great. But there is at least a little bit of a personal connect. I didn't just pick any old yep. team. So, yeah, I, I try. I just I, can't, I just had to take a break. I, no, I I understand. I, I just I, again, I, I hold you and Sylvie, our, <laughs> our teammate from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. I hold you guys in such high esteem because, as you guys were discussing earlier, you know, for children like Wooly who weren't alive pre far or Alex Stroll, for some of the other younger guys that are around us now. Um, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I, I was only four, so like I'm a young guy too. Not as young. <laughs> How old are you? Thirty-four. But I've pretty much only experienced. It's here's the thing. Those first four years, my parents had me watching Packer games, but I couldn't remember, so yeah. it doesn't well, you count. Don't, you don't even right. Like <laughs> I could have been at a pumpkin patch or watching a Packer a game. game. It doesn't matter. That's a booty. Job. So all I remember were the good years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So my so so I just I, I, I really respect because having grown up in the seventies and eighties, I was born in nineteen seventy two. Okay, so it was I was born after the Lombardi era 
my grandparents had Packers season tickets in the Milwaukee package dating back to the 1940s when they played at State Fair Park. So I grew up going to Packers games. Uh, we sat behind home plates at County Stadium. And I suffered through some really bad teams, right? I mean, I think the first game I remember going to, I think I was six. It was 1978. And I remember staying up in 1983 for the first time to watch Monday Night Football from start to finish. Uh, that was a huge deal back then. And it was one of the greatest Monday Night Football games in history uh, when the Packers were playing Washington. Uh, but those are small little memories mixed into an era of 8-8 eight and eight was an accomplishment. And making the playoffs in 1982 when I was 10 with a 5-3-1 and one record and playing the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs was a huge accomplishment, right? And so I always respected Jimmy and, yeah. and Sylvie because you guys did suffer through it. Because I'll be honest, I at least adopted a second team, the San Diego Chargers, so I could watch a team that I'm still disappointed in the playoffs, to be sure, but won some games and was fun to watch. So, and Jason, so I, oh, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just I was hoping that you would just continue to fight the good fight because it can't be easy these days as a Bears fan. At all. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it like this, Jason. I'm literally tweeting this out. You you've changed. I'm just an emotional wreck. Maybe I lashed out <laughs> yesterday because uh, Alex has already pointed out to me that I, I do not sound like someone who's moved on past the Bears. I just I, I'm gonna be happy for the Chiefs. I just, I don't know what to do, Jason. Like it is so bad right now. Uh, this is one of the worst ones because the season's over. And it is a long one to go, uh, but let me. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the Bears. I, as much as I say I want to break from the Bears, you can't do it. It's it's like into my. It's like a religion. You can't just break it off easily. It, it's it, it's impossible. I, I've gone to more Bear games and been more indoctrinated as a Bears fan than any religion. So it's just <laughs> it's in my blood. Uh, but Jason, to the the Jordan Love stuff, um, where do you put? Your thoughts on Jordan Love? We have this Jordan Love meter, and you can kind of use it as an example. But like, where do your stage with with Jordan Love, Ryan? Where where what are our stages for the the Love meter right now? So the lowest level we can keep it at is keeping it casual. Mm-hmm. Then there's the like like phase. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's committed, and then there's just in love, which is you're fully committed. He's the guy. Pay him. We yeah. got to keep him around so, for the next ten years. Now, Jason, now, this was a stat that uh, Ryan pulled from Mike Sando from the Athletic. That the last quarterback to lead his team back from a 17-point deficit that was down 17 points through three quarters happened in 2020 against the Detroit Lions, and that quarterback was Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. So Jordan Love's three-game career... That little stat is so unnecessary, Jim. <laughs> That's from Ryan. Take that no, I, I, I disagree with you, Matt. I, I, I've been saying this for a while, and it's not... Uh, believe me. Uh, if you think Jim is beaten down by uh, having been a Bears fan for as long as he has been, I can't imagine if I had been born 30 years earlier and in the 70s, 80s, and then toward the end of my career in the 90s, I was covering the Packers (laughs) post-Lombardi and the 30 years in between their last title under Lombardi and Super Bowl 31, which was my first year on the beat. Oh, I can't imagine how brutal it must have been to cover that team for that much, that many years, right? I so, think you'd have enjoyed I, it. I, Bart Starr was I a heck of a guy, apparently. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think Forrest Gregg was real enjoyable, or Phil Bengston, or uh, the rest of the the crew. But my, but my point is is that you know, I, and I'm not wishing him to become Mitch Trubisky. But Jim, you and I have talked about this a bunch. You being a Bears fan, yeah. there were moments when you thought Mitch Trubisky was the real deal, and you got your you you allowed yourself to get excited. And I'm not. I think that it's more likely because he hasn't had a play right away, and he's had these three years. You can see the value when you watch him play. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be uh, son of a Mitch. But <laughs> I, I, do, I do think that when, and I heard you make the reference about if you want to see somebody complete 53% of their passes, um, I, I do think that there is a, such an intense desire to love him and for, and, and they, people can deny it if they want, but that there is at least a component of hating the last guy's guts to such a degree that it just intensifies how badly you want Jordan Love to be really, really good, that we, we just wanna, we want to absolve him of all the moments that aren't good. You know, I mean, you, heard, you guys probably heard Tausch and I arguing how he was talking about through two games how awesome Jordan Love had been. And I, I kept saying, look, you can't use the word awesome. He's been better than we expected. He's been encouraging. You can be excited about his growth. He's beyond where I thought he'd be after two games. But he was 0 for 6 with a ball that should have been picked and zero completions on a four, on, when you got the ball back with 57 seconds left and a chance to go kick the game-winning field goal. And so that's not awesome. It's just, it's just not. And so I, I, am, I am really, I think Packers fans should be excited, encouraged, hopeful. I don't have any problem with you getting your hopes up. I'm not going to do it, though, because I, I still think that there are lots of growing pains to go, and there's plenty of quarterbacks that you got excited about, and then they, they had their ups and downs. Like, if you're on the love-a-meter and you're in love, sign him to an extension, does that mean you're convinced that he's going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers for the next decade? Because that's what you're the, – that, that the in-love part? The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the most in-love part, right? Yeah, you don't I, get married for a year or two. You're getting married for the rest of this guy's career. That's in-love, yeah. baby. And then <laughs> – and, and then you have kids, and you take them to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> yeah. my, 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 my thing is is that, you know, I, it's funny because we're all looking for different ways to kind of measure where you're at on this spectrum. And uh, KBN, uh, Nortman went to, like, a bakery, and they were selling uh, Jordan Love cookies cut in, like, a jersey. And it was, you know, are you nibbling on the on the cookie? Are you eating half of it? Are you devouring it? Like, we're all using different ways to measure. And I said, in that instance, I'm looking into the bakery case and saying, that's a good-looking cookie. But I want to wait. I'm, I'm going to hold off. <laughs> I'm not quite ready to, to take a big bite out of it yet. I think it's really, I'm glad he's playing well. I really like him. I've said that a million times. He's been better than I expected. They're going to win more than six games, I think. I'm going to be wrong about that, and I'm happy I'm going to be wrong. But I think there's some the first three quarters of that game yesterday, that was a clunker. And he threw a pick that looked very Favre-like, which I don't know what happened on that play yet. Um, he also... The I mean, quadruple like coverage throw? That yeah, way we were lucky to not throw. get picked off? There was the, there were, they got two beneficial pass interference penalties on the first touchdown drive. Now, that doesn't take away, and this is my frustration, and I know I'm rambling, so I'll stop. <laughs> my frustration is, 
if you try to be realistic about him and you're not just constantly throwing him bouquets and talking about how great he is, then you're a hater or you're too negative. And I'm really trying not to be that. His run down the sideline to get 24 yards was awesome. His touchdown run, to be able to slip a four-time all-pro at the goal line on fourth down is awesome. I love the fact that he didn't chew out Patrick Taylor's ass after that fourth and two play to start the fourth quarter. And I love the throw to Dobbs where he trusted Dobbs to make the play on the go-ahead touchdown or the tying touchdown plus the extra point. There's a lot to love about love, a lot to be excited about. I just think we we always want to get ahead of ourselves because we want him so desperately to be great. And I'm seeing people, you know, Terry Bradshaw saying, I think they got another Hall of Famer after three games. Come on, (laughs) let's not do that. And uh, Jason, I, you know, I want to ask one more question here. I know we're pushing time here, and Walshheim's going to get upset. But the thing I saw with the Packers, because for an example here, like the Bears, I think have ruined Justin Fields. They got the least out of his talent that they possibly could get. The Packers uh-huh. have a, a great infrastructure that whatever Jordan Love turns out to be, I feel good in saying that with the offensive line and with Coach LaFleur and the way they designed up this offense and the way they've coached him up and the way that Jordan Love's been able to sit for four years and have the same head coach and the same play caller and the same coaching all the way through, those are all competitive advantages that they gave to their quarterback that they're going to be able to maximize Jordan Love. And Chicago you know, basically wasted another quarterback because they don't know what they're doing there. Uh, But focusing on the Packers... I mean, that infrastructure has to be, I would think, no matter who the quarterback is. Like, if Jordan Love turns out to be Alex Smith 2.0 and you want to replace him, as long as you have LaFleur and this system in place, you might feel good about the next time. Like, in Chicago, there's no hope. <laughs> like, who's going to do it right the next time? Nobody's done it right, ever. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not sure how much blame goes to Justin Fields and that he's just, maybe he's just not good enough. Right? Yeah, true. He, he does not play a style that you would say he looks the part. He's a great athlete. He's a great runner. I still think that if he'd have sat for a couple of years, he would have benefited from that. But you can't do that when you lose year after year. you got to mm-hmm. keep drafting the guy, and you keep ruining him, right? But I thought Luke Getze would take this offense down there and that they would figure out a way to, you know, I just think Love, as good as he's been, and he deserves the credit for playing well. But I do think that they have a scheme that makes it very easy for quarterbacks to succeed. Jimmy, I watched Jimmy Garoppolo last night, and then I thought back to what he was able to do in San Francisco in that offense. Mm-hmm. Like, these offenses are designed to allow these guys to succeed. And, and that's a good thing. That's not a knock on the quarterback's skill. But I look at the Bears, and I'm like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They're certainly not making life easy for their quarterback. And, and you're right. They're going to burn through another one. And then they're going to, you know, and maybe they're bad enough to get the first overall pick and Caleb Williams can choose to stay at USC and, and to get paid less but win more <laughs> right? than going yeah. to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be the case. Jason, uh, thanks uh, for the time. Thanks for, fl- thanks for reminding me where my true love lies, which was with the, the Bears. So I, I'm back on <laughs> this miserable ride that is being a Bears Thanks, Jason. Fan. I was afraid I was going to lose my punching bag for the season. I will, I, will, uh, I will send you guys my bill for the therapy. Yes, session. All right. I appreciate uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the pumpkin patch. I love right. you guys. Take care. See you. That's Jason. We'll be listening back with Scott's on the Man, Apple, Spotify, any of that? those great places.
places. Did you hear that? He loves us. I, we love him, too. We also love Ooh, Chalmers yeah. Jewelers. I, my heart is fluttering. We are going to be at Chalmers Jewelers on Thursday. You're going to bring your gold medal. Yeah. And look, gold medal at a at a jewelry store makes All sense. Right. They have a gem store going on, so if you're looking for some gems, pre-holiday Maybe your season. heart's fluttering and you want to give somebody yeah, a special you, gift? Exactly. You can go into the guys like, I'm just going to see Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton and his gold medal. And oh, by the way, I might happen to take a uh, glance at the rings there. Or, look, you just treat yourself. They got some nice watches there. They got ball watches. Uh, They got some nice, uh, they can do a lot of repairs. So come out and see us. Chalmers Jewelers in Middleton is where we're going to be. Chalmers Jewelers, custom, local, and the best. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.